We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. Huh? A little better? There wasn't, I didn't, I didn't get overtaken by a cough. Mm-hmm. Okay. A little better. I didn't Not that I that. won't cough. I still may cough. Uh, apologies to uh, it was Dan. I got a call from Dan on the Carl's Place voicemail. I think it was right before he went to carlovt.com backslash Bart to buy a golf simulator. But he said that this is the best show of the week with you two cats. Oh. And that uh, me coughing is a bit that is played out. And and I said I will stop the bit of me suffering from bronchitis. It was that was the official diagnosis. It was bronchitis. Uh, they tell me acute bronchitis. How do you get that in the middle of the summer? Or it's not the middle of the summer, but not even cold out. It's not even damp out. It's it's a warm, dry part of the year. I don't know. I've been sick all summer. It's the basement. That's Ooh, it's, it's the basement. It's killing you down there. Mm. Yeah. We worked at a station once I did where there was like, there's just mold on every wall mm-hmm. and it's caked in so bad in the corners that it looks like it's by design. Oh my. And so the guy works, we, we would always hope that, you know, in like 10 years we would have a problem that we could be able to sue. So we always hope that. Here's your problem. So maybe that. Maybe this is it. Yep. Here's your moment. Maybe. Well, you're out for this. Yeah, there's more for it. Well, how you guys doing? Uh, what's up? What's 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 going on? What's what's hanging? We got we got the playoffs coming That's up. That's lazy. And the, lazy question. No, we got we got the Brewers coming up, and it's kind of just like dicking around until that's official, and uh, you know. Giannis apparently is going to recruit Dame here. Jesus. Ooh. And uh, topic forthcoming. Topic. Forthcoming. There's a topic coming on this. But I, I think I think the big news is that uh, the NFL is shaking in their boots because David Bakhtiari did not play. I do wonder. Yeah. We're recording this on Tuesday morning. If something new comes out, I will intersperse it right. Here. Actually, I might wait a little bit. (laughs) 
so something new coming out being like the NFL postpones all games until further notice because they can't handle a season without David Bakhtiari playing. Yeah, like the news finally got to Goodell that, oh, that's why David Bakhtiari didn't play. I just thought it was because he signed a big contract and played every other game. Wait, which one's David Bakhtiari? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, Packers. Correct. Yeah. Is he the one that the, the, they, he was good for a couple contracts then? Oh, that was TJ Lang. Uh, is he the one that – oh, that was Josh Sitton. Is he the one is, that – See the one on 97.3, the game, Sports Talk That Rock. That's Coon, fullback. My, my that, that's John Coon, Sports Talk That Rock, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's John Coon. Like, if you're going to – I mean, you have a question, I'm sure. But if you're going to – like, if I was going to say, I don't like how Milwaukee radio works. I will never do Milwaukee radio again. Wouldn't the time to do that be – when I'm on Milwaukee radio, if I'm trying to make a stand. One would think. yeah. Not when I'm. It's like, I'm not going to play anymore. You don't play any way. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what kind of protest is this? So I'll lead into that. And hopefully, Paul, we keep it going. Do you want to do a Bakhtiari question or do you feel you've said your piece? I am dying to do more on this. Right. <laughs> Matt LaFleur said on Monday, I want to make sure I get his quote right. It's some, um, it will, hold on. I'm going to, the only problem with doing the phone is I have to go between the notes pad and then come back. That's fine. Can you hear me from here? We can hear you loud and clear. Matt LaFleur said, it's probably, quote, it's probably going to be like this from here on out. That was in reference to Bakhtiari. So we don't know what that means. And Bart, you can take this and Grant, you can take this in any turf or non-turf related direction that you want to. Um, but if it's probably going to be like this from here on out, Bakhtiari is still as proven in week one, valuable enough to put up with this. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. So... When LaFleur is saying, be like this, that is very vague. Very vague and intentionally very vague. And I, I just, again, I, I go back to a lot of people that are, why do you care? Why does it matter? The Packers should be able to keep this a secret for competitive balance. Some people are throwing around like, no, no, no. Uh, you can't, you can't go up, the, like you can't go up there. Someone goes, well, why don't you say this about Belichick? Well, I have. Also, I don't care about them. It's a press conference. The point of the press conference is to give information that is seeked out by a mass audience. Well, can I interject? It's it's to give out information that you want to give out. I mean, as, as the controller of the message, as the head coach, as the team, you want to give out the information you want to give out. And you want to withhold to the best of your ability the information you want to keep secret, right? Okay, my problem is Lafleur has gotten to this point where we don't even do that. It's it's riddle time. Yep. We're doing we're doing fucking riddles up there. And one thing I said on uh, Monday night when we were live is I said they got to this point where they they like want you to know the secret that they have 
But if you ask about the secret they have, you're wrong for doing that. Mm-hmm. But you should already know. It's just, it's just a very, it's just a, the, the whole 48 hours after he didn't play is speculation. And the few grains of information have made it worse. And, you know, if you don't, hey, if you don't want to tell your story, someone's going to tell for you. Yep. You know? So you got you got to control the message here. You yep. got to at least and and there's a lot of grace. Like you, you David Bakhtiari, I don't think contractually think. or otherwise. Think I don't think he can be like, I will not be playing on turf games right. without some sort of penalty from the league or or whatever. Yep. So the Packers, I what I feel like has happened is. And with the Eric Bakhtiari stuff, like that is not nothing. It can't be nothing. It's You're not nothing. Right. His, it brother, can't be nothing. his brother is tweeting, you fucked around and found out about Bakhtiari's injury. What is probably happening is David Bakhtiari will not say to the Packers, I'm not playing on turf. But he will be very vocal that he doesn't like turf. And the weeks that he has to play on turf, you know, my knee hurts. You know, that will come up. The Packers have nothing. I mean, what can you do? The guy says his knee hurts. I can't do anything. We we just got it. Like, I would like the Packers. The, to answer your question, mm-mm. in 2023, the answer to that question is no. This is, the, and I hate saying this because there's still like a, a tiny, tiny part of me that thinks, eh, Super Bowl run. But this, this, like this team when Elton Jenkins, Elton Jenkins went out, he was he was 27 years old. He's the oldest guy on that offense. Who was second? I don't know. I think it was Love. Like Probably. they're a, they're a very young offense. <clears throat> it, it, we're just we're not in a position where we need to. Like he's not Aaron Rodgers here. We're not in a position where we need to change what we do to to placate one guy. And it seems like. That's what's happening. So that's where I'm at. Grant, I want you to obviously respond. The only yeah. pro- the only problem with this situation, and I know that Ken Ingles has laid this out, is it's like, well, trade him. You could. Like, you, you, I think you, well, to a non-turf team. It's like a Damian Lillard trade. Like, there's only so many teams you can go to. Um, but the trade ramifications, yes, you would get the trade asset. I don't know. You could. I would think you could get a second round pick. You think that much? I I do think that. I think if you if like if you said, hey, you're gonna get, hey, you grass home turf team, not not turf grass home surface team. You're gonna get. There's 15 games left. You're gonna get Bakhtiari for 10 of those 15. I think legitimate Super Bowl contending team with a shaky offensive line would give a second round pick for him. But to be clear, it doesn't help your cap books as Ken Ingles has laid out like you're still going to incur significant dead cap penalties and and other things where you didn't free up the money so if you're okay with not freeing up the money and still getting the pick so Bart if you're literally wanting to take this in a trade his ass direction okay I'm not sure if you're going that far or if you're if you're annoyed or if you're like annoyed to the point of please trade him for a second round pick regardless of the dead cap where, where are you at there? We saw without him, and for everyone that said, oh, you got it, you rest him now so you have him later. 
Mm, well, you lost. So, real brilliant. We saw, like, there were times they could have used a better left tackle there. And while they're not a Super Bowl, while they're not a David Bakhtiari away from a Super Bowl, it would be nice when you're developing your new quarterback to make sure he's got some protection and to make sure he can, you know, develop instead of just run around like like Kyler Murray. Like, you, if you want, you want your quarterback to develop, put him in a situation to do it, don't just be like, no, I mean, you're young, so the whole line sucks. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not, that, that's not going to help anybody. Right. Yeah. There is a need. There is a need for Bakhtiari. So Lafleur mm-hmm. is in a position where they can't do anything. And I think what frustrates me about the whole situation, I think with Bakhtiari, if you're going to make a stand, make a stand. Like if you're going to, if you're going to believe in something, don't tweet, 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 have your brother tweet. We don't hear from you. Um, if you're, I, I just, I feel like where this situation bugs me the most is Lafleur is getting run over again by one of his players and can't do anything to stop it. And we've just seen this now. Yeah. Like the the Lafleur, the, 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 the issues that I have with Lafleur are the same issues I had four years ago. That's not good. Yep. Yep. Um, Grant. Now let me just remind the group here. David Bakhtiari was fantastic in Week One. Mm-hmm undeniably great the offensive line i was reading andy herman's film analysis grades the the offensive line was a net negative like a minus one as a group they were not good enough on the offensive line so i just want to throw that in as nuggets as i reset it for grant and say uh, grant david bakhtiari if it's quote probably going to be like this from here on out is still good enough to put up with it Mm mm-hmm or mm mm-mm well, if it's 50% of the games, which is what he's played so far, if you can guarantee me that he's going to play 14 of 17 games, I'm in. There's a lot of utility for David Bakhtiari on this team this year, even though they're not contending for a Super Bowl and even though they don't need a veteran, you know, $40 million a year or whatever his cap and dead cap hit, whatever it all combines to, because he can help bring along some of the younger alignment and because he can help protect Jordan Love and give him a better environment to learn. And even if when the Packers ideally are contending, contending in a year or two or three, even if David Bakhtiari is not on the team anymore, that's fine. He can still be here now. It's not like you're not allowed to have any good players or any older players. I just wonder at at what amount of missed games does it become more of a hassle than it is a luxury? You know what I mean? And someone could watch this back. Like I'm well aware this could age really stupidly. Like he could play the next six games and look awesome. And it's like, I'll remember in week two when we completely overreacted. So that could totally happen. I just wonder if Bakhtiari plays 50% of the games. And if this is a a truly willy wony situation every week, does it become more of a hassle shuffling around the O-line? You already don't have him in practice. You're trying to figure out the way to align the O-line where maybe not everyone's in their best spot. Like, look at it this way. If they know David Bakhtiari is not going to be there, if he didn't play the rest of the year, would their left tackle be Caleb Jones or Rashid uh, Walker? Or would they move Zach Tom over there? And would they completely? So, well, like, yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not a coach. I'm not a player. I would love to talk to someone about, hey, what's it like to not have your left tackle in practice every day? And mm-hmm. what's it like for these younger guys to not really know if they are going to need to play 
And if they do play where they're going to play, I, I wonder where that line is because I feel like there's a threshold of, well, if he only plays this much, then it's more a hassle than it is an actual luxury. So if he plays 14 of the 17 games, say, mm-hmm, he's totally worth it. But I think there is a point where it's no longer worth it. Well, I think when, when he, I'm going to say, inevitably misses, I think they have what, four more turf games. Is that right? Vegas, Detroit, Minnesota, and New York. Yeah. When he inevitably misses the one of those next upcoming turf games, and then there's no comment, officially comment, you know, we have to get our, our work through Eric Bakhtiari. Like, that's, I, I don't know. Like, it's a, it's a problem, right? And I think the, after David Bakhtiari had the great game in week one, and he did some fun things, right? Like, he did the thing in the end zone where he laid there and did a pose, and he did the thing where I couldn't tell it was on the, when the snap was about to go off, he did the middle finger, or he did some kind of wave to the crowd, and, and he published all of this and was, like, living it up. Um, he knows what's happening in Packers verse, like he knows the conversation that's happening when it was a good thing to talk about, like he was all about it. And now the fact that he's not commenting, this is not a social media guy. It's not a guy who's not social media savvy. He's very social media savvy. So the only thing that I would conclude is that far to your earlier point from a unionized perspective, from a, just a contract perspective, he can't say what he wants to say, which is I'm not playing on turf. And I don't know if that's true. Like, but I heard some people say earlier this week, people who I really like and respect who talk about Packers, say that like how how basically and I'll I'll slightly exaggerate what they were saying, but like how dare we make guesses about the situation? Like we like they're <laughs> encouraging us to. Exactly. Like, should, like, shouldn't we wait for David Bakhtiari to make a comment? Oh. Like, well, he, he's he's had every opportunity to do so. He has chosen not to. And thus, you can't be, like, wagging your finger at people who are going to jump to conclusions. So, so if he says something after we record, I would insert it now. Either And even if that were true, and even if that happens, which I think it's going to, um, it, it'll happen. it'll happen this week. David Bocciari likes, you know, he does his weekly discussions with the media. Probably on Wednesday he'll do that. Um, unless he's on Pat McAfee Tuesdays now. But he will probably talk here at some point publicly. Um, but either way, the fact that Matt LaFleur had to have this annoyed Monday press conference, all because of like, Matt LaFleur was pissed having to talk about it. And, you know, you can say like, well, that's because, I heard, you know, I'll just, I'll just say, like, Aaron Nagler, who I think is awesome, said that Matt LaFleur was understandably annoyed because he had to take six questions about this between Sunday and Monday. Six questions. And that's a lot of questions and whatever. Like, well, yeah, it's your one of your highest paid, I think your highest paid player, who has this vocal stance about a playing surface, who after just having, like, veterans rest practice days off, was unavailable on a on a game on a week two game like it's worth six questions like if i was still on the beat every one of those six questions i mean i didn't hear all six of them but like that's the that's the correct number like there should be a healthy number of questions about this which by the way i was thinking about this on my drive home last night listening to the match nightman show which i sometimes enjoy because hunter baumgart our guy was filling in for co-host doug russell uh and i was thinking about this in my drive home i once watched craig council spend over two months answering the same Josh Hader question at least once a day. 
where it's like, hey, why don't you pitch Josh from behind? Why don't you pitch him when you're trailing? And counsel every day was like, we're doing this again. Never once really, like he would get frustrated, you can tell, but it's just another reminder. And I feel like I bring this up a lot. It's just another reminder that these football coaches could could never handle the media responsibilities that we force baseball managers to deal with. It's just like, oh, you you had to ask a couple questions in the post game, and then you had to answer a couple on Monday. Sorry, I guess. Like, I I I don't feel that bad. Some people have it way worse with media. Sure. Uh, Wendell Ferreira, who does stuff for Cheesehead TV a little bit, says Bakhtiari missing games because of an injury he suffered in 2020. The Packers need an alternative. To be honest, I mean, again. Even if this is, even if this is just, hey, you know, something flared up. This was a, this was an injury that happened three years ago. Coming up on three years would be this January, right? Like, so like 32 months ago. Yeah. And, you know, I said this on my show on Monday, and this is a little bit of residual frustration from what happened with Rodgers the last couple of years. If it comes time where the Packers have to be like, dude, we need you to play. Like it's been three years. I don't know if you if you don't like turf or what's going on here, but we need you to play. We've given you all this money, and, and Bakhtiari doesn't like that. I think I'm going to side with the Packers because for the because for the last four years, I've done a lot of apologizing for the Packers. Well, you know they you know they're they're not the nicest of veterans, and they didn't keep Rodgers friends. It's like no, the Packers are really good at what they do, and they've been as successful as any NFL franchise, not the Patriots, for the last 20 years. And I just feel like they take so many slings and arrows from so many different people, and why Rodgers treated this place like he was on the Arizona Cardinals the last couple of years. It's like, sorry, you had a great O-line and amazing number one wide receivers for basically your whole career. And now with Bakhtiar, it's like, dude, sorry, they they broke their contract kind of mold to give you your third deal and $92 million for you to play 13 games in three years. Like, I'm just, I'm not going to feel bad. I'm, I'm done apologizing for my team. Sorry. Which, by the way, is they have further, 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 further proved why they will never give a third contract to an offensive lineman again. So enjoy this you know, second contract Packers lineman of the future, but you're not getting a third one. Do you think that that contract was more about Bakhtiari being an exception and being really good and being the left tackler? Do you think it was more about not letting Rogers guy go? Um, Personally, I, like Rogers wouldn't want to see his teammate and friend go, or we're trying to go all in with Rogers. Rogers. Also, because there's, there's more than one angle through Rogers to keep him. I, I don't know. I have so many questions about the last five years. I hope Wildy writes a banger of a book one day. I will definitely read it right when it comes out. I got this tweet here, again, based on one of my Bakhtiari things. It just came in. Media people making mountains of molehills for content. Like, I, I, get, I, I, I think maybe, maybe, the average, maybe the average Packer fan doesn't care about this. Hmm. Maybe, maybe the average Packer fan just, well, why are they talking about Bakhtiari? He didn't play. Big deal. Maybe they don't care. It's a little bit of a big deal. I don't know. It's definitely it's definitely a deal. Also, the yeah. amount of the molehill thing. The Packers could have squashed this on Sunday. Matt Lafleur yep. could have. He just in his post game press conference, his knee flared up. It sucks. He's frustrated. We're all frustrated. He wanted to go today. He's he should be back on track. We've dealt with this before. We hope to get him back soon. Just could have said that. Even you know lied what, about it. You know what? You know what? You would know what you want. Like you want to know exactly what would have stopped the six questions that came up between Sunday and Monday that yeah and it could have been a lie you could have lied you're not under oath like <laughs> this isn't a court of law just say his near knee flared up just say that because that's that's all we wanted to hear and a non-answer combined with his brother's tweet it's like 
and you know, Bakhtiari a little bit odd and Rogers just got hurt his buddy last Monday, like less than a week ago. So I don't, I, I think it's completely NFL, fair to make a mountain out of this molehill. It's not a mole, but that's the thing. It's, it's not a molehill. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. It, uh, and also like uh, between Bakhtiari having a great week one and Bakhtiari not playing week two, it wasn't like, okay, NFL left tackle makes social media post about turf. The mm-hmm. NFLPA opened like a whole thing about the Rodgers injury and what that means for turf and using Bakhtiari's tweets as the examples and all of the studies and data that like this was a forget even a Packers story. This was an NFL story. This is definitely a story. It just seems like guys like this that they don't care. We just spent 20 minutes on it and I feel like we could do more. It's I mean, not not a story. I right. guess the only thing I'm worried about is something happens. After right. We, yeah. But uh, honestly, the, the much of this will remain relative, uh, relevant. because well, and, and this is a good conversation. So if something happens, you just need to stick it here. <laughs> You've had three openings now. All right. But I am going to stick here. Paul, if you can. Yeah, go. Oh, never mind. Uh, is oh. I want to remind you. Now, I can't, I don't have a product that can cure Bakhtiari's knee. But if you are a little stressed out about what's happening in Green Bay at 1265, may I suggest a gummy or two? Happy Place Hemp, the promo code is BART. At Happy Place Hemp, you get 25% off every order when you use the promo code BART. Now, if you shop there before and you shop there again, and it's been a while, you'll notice the prices are a little bit lower. That's because they found a way to make more and make it more affordable. And they still allow us to use the code. The code didn't go anywhere. Unlimited uses of said code. There's some of you that have used this code like once a month for the last year, 12 times. What other place on earth lets you use a code 12 times? And so, and sometimes we change up the code and make it sexy. And we, we got one of that coming down the pipe. But for now, all the gummies, all the tinctures, everything you need, Happy Place Hemp, promo code BART, 25% off, happyplacehemp.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What I know, by the time this airs, like, I don't want to be too you know, retro looking backward, but we said so we can make this quick. The one thing I just want to ask, Bakhtiari was out. Elton Jenkins missed most of the game. Aaron Jones was out. Christian Watson was out. And the Packers still should have and almost did win. In the big picture of this thing, now that you've had a couple of days to let it simmer, the fact that they almost went on the road and won despite arguably like four of their most five, four of their five most important offensive players missing the entire or most of an Elton Jenkins case of the game. You're removed enough from Sunday's, you know, moment to say that that's still something that is worth being positive about looking forward mm-hmm, or mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I was there on Sunday. It was a really frustrating loss, but it was basically the same game as week one when you think about it. The Packers were just without a couple of their best players on offense, and Atlanta's better than Chicago. I don't think they're way better, but I think they're better. They're certainly more organized. They have a stronger identity, and they know what they're doing. I don't know if if that makes them, you know, a lot more talented, but they're, they're organized, which goes a long way. Um, Matt LaFleur had a gaffe in both games. Jordan Love made a lot of great throws in both games. And I think the defense was well-positioned in both games. They made plays in week one. They didn't in week two. So I think a lot of the the things we were happy about last week, they transferred over and we saw them again in week two. It just didn't result in a win. I think if Aaron Jones plays, everyone else could miss a game. I think if Aaron Jones plays, they win. They, They were not capable of getting a yard or two when they needed it. And I think even an average running back would have been able to. And right now, A.J. Dillon is not even average. So yeah, and and the young guys look awesome, Paul. I love Jaden Reed. I love Wicks, who is a guy I didn't pay enough attention to in camp. Like a lot of these young pieces on offense look really exciting. The problem is they're going to struggle to win if they don't have a veteran sprinkled throughout. And they didn't have those veterans sprinkled throughout on Sunday. So mm-hmm, definitely a positive. I don't want to be that guy on Monday and say we should be happy because we lost. But right. there's definitely value, 100%. Bart, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, on um, on that? Now I'm getting okay. I gotta I gotta read you these texts I'm getting. Oh boy. Uh, let's see. Someone is texting me. Okay. As far as your question, as far as your question, if this is how I was with the Bucks, remember when they were like, I wanted them to play close games so they could experience, yeah, having to go through that. So come playoff time, like. I guess the experience the experience is worth it. You know, Giannis once told me there's no such thing as failure. <laughs> okay. Um, 
He's not. He has not said that to the Bucks front office this offseason. He has said there is failure and there is success, and I had better see success or well, there's, bye. There's failure. There's failure for them. If you guys aren't doing enough, not for, not for me. For, Love for, Giannis. For Giannis, it's just a journey. Yeah, yeah. Giannis is on a journey. The everyone else is. They there. they'll learn from this. They're you know they're going to learn from this. Well, we hope. Yeah, I, I want Lafleur mostly to learn from it. They had a twelve point lead in the fourth quarter and lost. That I don't care what silver linings you can take away. You're not going to get me to turn around and give a pat on the back to someone who blows a twelve point lead in that fashion. Right. No back padding. Right. Nothing like that. Yep. When the, I mean, like when they had a twenty four twelve lead, and I very much expected the Packers to win, I just was like. Wow, they've done this without Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, Christian. Watson. I mean, I, I this was this was they were two and zero to me. I I did not right. I that did was, not understand was, how they lost. That was taken from us. We had all filed mentally that game is a win. We had kind of wrapped our arms around it, and yeah. then it got pulled away from us, which I think made it a lot worse. Um, well, people aren't like, like there's this whole oh god, this has been a terrible week. There's this, this whole like oh why are you uh, why, it's not that we don't understand. Seven, eight, nine. We don't know. We don't know. We still don't know what this team's going to be. But we had a win, and then it was not there anymore. It's not. We went into the game. Are we going to win? Or are we going to lose? Uh, and if we if we're that way, and then we lose, it's like, you know, if we lose twenty four to twelve, it's like, yeah. But we were winning, right? And we had it won, and then and then it didn't happen. So, and I think and I think part of it too is that like when you have. Okay, I know this is an annoying thing to say when you're saying like, well, the uh, the, the Falcons didn't come back and win the game. The Packers blew the game. Like, I, that's nuanced and that's hard to, to really say. But like, I don't – and also I think it helps if it's like the Packers were beat by a better team. I didn't think either of those things were true. Like, it, it wasn't like Atlanta all of a sudden did a bunch of incredible things. It was like – a blunderous fourth quarter. And I think I saw it was the first double digit fourth quarter blown lead since the Seattle NFC championship game, eight, nine years ago. Like it's hard to blow a double digit game in 15 minutes. I would argue this was worse. Well, the stakes were less. <laughs> it had, it had a lot of the same pieces like Darnell That's Savage better. looked like haha Clinton Dix and Quay Walker had the interception go off his face mask, like Brandon Bostic. And there are, we were talking about this show on or on my show on Monday. Like a couple of callers kept pointing out things, and as the show went on, we're like, "Holy balls!" Like it is the twenty. But the the NFC Championship game, uh, obviously, I was kidding. It was bigger stakes, but also there were still more of those things. Like this game might have had like eight or nine things. That game had at least twenty. Yeah, where if one thing changed, I just I was I was watching Aaron Nagler's post game chat, and I I really like Nagler too, Paul. And I, I just, I thought we were a little overdramatic about this loss. I know it's because we thought we had a win and then it was taken away from us. And that's tough. But I, I was just watching some post games and it's like catastrophe, meltdown. It's like, well, you know, Atlanta got rolling on offense and the Packers had a couple bad possessions. It's, I don't know. It's not, it's not a nuclear meltdown. It's not like a, a jet airliner crashed and we're like, what happened? It's just a fourth quarter where nothing went right. I, well, I, I think I don't the, think it's think, that bad. I think the problem is too. I think we all individually, and um, I think it was Tom on Twitter who said he started the game around one thirty, and was wondering if he was in front of or behind me on DVR. We were about at the same point, Tom. So I was not watching it live. I assume the Twitter reaction d- 
during the you know the botched operation of the field goal in the first drive where it was like you know 51 yard field goal turns into 56 and this is another one of those like on message things where like Lafleur said yeah 56 was it was too far for Anders Carlson and then it's like Bro, he hit a 57 outdoors a week ago. <laughs> it's another one of those, like, you're, you're making things worse for yourself, Matt. But anyway, it, what the loss did, if they would have won that game by 12, we would have kind of, like, talked about the blunderous thing in the first quarter with the, the you know, and the floor kind of said, oh, well, they were really, like, taking it easy and they didn't line up quickly enough. It seemed like there was a Wednesday practice lining up for a field goal, like, it was still on the floor. These are a, a, a rookie kicker and a young holder and it's just another one. So I think part of the frustration with the loss in the moment was like, you could then go back to that first quarter thing, which was a, yeah. you know, a disaster and a really honestly inexcusable thing. And I know Bart, I listened to this in your post game show that I listened to on Monday, which was just like Matt LaFleur needs a day. He needs a nice sleep to think about what the right thing to do is those split second, like, I need to know in the next six seconds if I'm calling a timeout, if I'm going to bring out the punch. He needs the remote from Click. Oh, don't mention that movie. That movie gave me a – okay. Um, the movie's great. Uh, it broke my brain. Um, I had a I had a full-blown panic attack after that movie. Um, <laughs> let's not talk about Click. Is it just Click or is it like all Adam Sandler movies? Click. Really? You didn't feel that way after Murder Mystery 2? <laughs> or d- don't forget the Zohan or whatever. Don't mess with the Zohan. Uh, yeah. No, I was okay after the Zohan movie. Um, so I, yeah, but I'm gonna. Bart, I don't. Did you say mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like I do think there was a, some really ridiculous stuff. You're up by 12 in the fourth quarter. There's some really gross stuff. But I'm still definitely with Grant. Like, mm-hmm. it's you, you almost won on the road. You should have won on the road with almost all of your key offensive players, Sans Jordan Love. With AJ Dillon as your lead back, who was once again terrible, um, and I know like it feels like now it's like opportunistic to pile on AJ Dillon, but like it just I don't want that to be well, the situation. But mm, I, I feel it, like we've been there. No, no, we. But I'm saying now it's like there were the supporters, and now they've jumped on. So there's like no one left. It seems well, like. Well, you know, I'll defend AJ Dillon. Like he might not have been a great runner on third down or fourth down. And he might not have been able to pick up those tough yards, but you know, give him credit. He also dove into the back of Elton Jenkins' leg and almost busted his MCL. So he, I don't know. I feel like we're being a little hard on AJ Dillon after Sunday's game. It felt like during the game everyone was after AJ Dillon, and then post game it was Joe Barry, and then Monday it was David Bakhtiari. Like everyone kind of like migrated from person <laughs> to person to thing to thing, because on Monday we're like, well, at least AJ, shit, at least AJ Dillon played, you know, turf or no turf. So here's the text out. I got from a friend. I listened to your podcast, agree with most of the things you said. Why is Dylan even in the league? You could go out there and fall and be as successful. All right. But love, I don't know, Bart. I wouldn't say he was good. I would say he is fine. I mean, dude can't throw the ball over 20 yards. Are we just going to do check downs the whole year? Who is this friend? And has he not seen the deep balls that Jordan Love has thrown? It is a she. Oh, wow. And I guess she has not. Mm. And she should know better. 
she should know better. That, that brings me a perfect transition into the Jordan Love question that I didn't ask last week that I'm going to ask this week. Ooh. And by the way, we are not leaving this podcast without some Bucks talk. So, well, we're, we're also not leaving without a reminder from the Wisconsin Bike Fed. Because it's getting, guys, it's getting dark. It's going to start to get dark. Where, where do you go during this? It's going to start to get dark. I go You're look like, at my I go look at my questions because I'm using my phone. His notes app, probably. My, yeah. I thought you were like, my so Paul app. took his video off on the Dan Shaney YouTube stream. I thought you were silent protesting the Wisconsin bike fed. No, <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm going, <laughs> when I'm on my phone, I have to go to the notes pad and it takes me away. Go ahead. You guys, you guys are pro little children getting their balls in the street. I don't consent to this. <laughs> oh, geez. To this no, Wisconsin Bike Fed, they're great. I want to thank Jake and everybody over there. Check out more wisconsinbikefed.org. So the message is, as it is getting darker earlier, this is a great time to pay more attention. But this is not just a late September, October problem. I mean, I, 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 really, I really have felt like I have branched where I feel like my personality was one. And then the more that I drive it splits one way. And then the more that I'm not in a car, it splits the other. Cause when I am walking, I am very cognizant of all the things that you should be. These cars don't have their lights on. You got to slow down, look around when I'm in a car though. I do revert back to this. Is, these roads were made for me. I will go as fast as I want. I will go through red lights. When I choose, I choose, I use red lights as stop signs. So does the rest of the city of Milwaukee. I don't ever, ever, ever stop at the red light getting onto the highway. That's a waste. So, I, but there I am. I'm only thinking me, me, me. And so there's simple messages. Hey, there's other people, not cars. Look out for them. Check out more WisconsinBikeFed.org. Also, a, a reminder, Splash Sports Week 3 pool is live. Get your pickums in for Week 3. Gene won week one. I got to check who won week uh, two. Splashsports.com backslash Winkler. Who won week two here? Um, oh, T. James Moss and Jerry W. Is that Windish? Jerry. The father of Ty Windish. <laughs> not the father. He is not the father. But they both, they both tied with 12 picks. And uh, brought in a cool 125 on a $5 entry. So splashsports.com backslash Winkler. Paul? By the way, uh, we're going to do one more Packers, and then we're going to do Bucks. And I want you to know that I consulted with Ty Windish for the Bucks question. Son of Jerry. So, Perfect. This, this is this is well-researched. But here, this is the question that I held last week. And I think, it's, I think I'm going to ask it, like, at least once a month because it's going to be relevant based on – and, yes, I'm, my video went away so I can read this – Last week after week one, Ryan Wood was having a conversation with um, someone on Twitter about Jordan Love being, as Ryan Wood did it, like a capital T, the capital G guy, the guy. And Ryan Wood kept saying, like, you know, are we sure Jordan Love is the guy, capital T, capital G, the guy? And so um, I, I want to read this exactly how he had it. Um uh, Ryan would ask, so you're ready to extend Jordan Love? And again, this is hypothetical because you know we have a con. There's a contract next year for Jordan Love, but this is the this is the decision you're going to face eventually if you're Brian Gutekunst. Ryan would ask, 
So you're ready to extend Jordan Love five years, 200 million today, because at minimum, that's what being the guy looks like. Jordan Love might be him. His debut could not have gone any better. He might not be him. There are six. There are 16 games left this season. Now there's 15. And and, and Ryan Winston, I know that I don't know the answer to that yet. Meaning being the guy or not. Um, you have like, if it was contract decision time, just like it was a year ago today for like Daniel Jones, who ended up getting the guy money, probably regrettably so far for the Giants. If you had to make that decision today, giving Jordan Love the guy money. Five and two hundred, five years, two hundred million dollars. You're, you're ready to give Jordan Love the guy quarterback money? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-mm. no. I think it's mm-mm. no. Yeah. Fucking new here. What? I you asked a question. You asked yes or no, right? Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. Oh, sorry. I would say. I would say. Mm-mm. <laughs> So, like today, you you want you're gonna want more of a sample size before you see a quarterback, you know, four starts give him two hundred million dollars. Yeah, I have to be in line with the way that I feel about this for other teams, where I think that there's only seven guys that are franchise quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And I'll say him again: Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Herbert, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar and hurts okay and maybe Dak can be in there and when, when i say this it's because i look at those teams and if i'm the jacksonville jaguars would i trade trevor lawrence for any of those guys i i wouldn't other than mahomes other than mahomes that's the point yeah but if i'm if i'm san diego oh, jesus wow if i'm the chargers I'm not trading Herbert. I got, I got, we got, so there's only a handful of these guys that are on teams right now. If you have to, if you ask the Packers, like, well, and we talked about this a little bit. If you looked at the teams on Monday night, you might rather have Jordan Love than any of those teams that played Monday night. But would you rather have him than Herbert, Allen, Burrow? No, no. You, you would make the trade for those guys. And then what happens is there's only, only a fourth of the league is going to be those guys. Mm-hmm. So then teams get into a position of, we either have that guy or we make a decision and pay the 10 to 16 ranked guy like one of those guys because we don't want to start over or we start over. I don't think the Packers think I think I don't know. I'm not, I'm not look, I'm not, I, I think Jordan Love is good. I think he's a good quarterback. <laughs> I don't know that he ever becomes a top seven. And if he doesn't ever become a top seven, the Packers should always be at least wondering about what else there is. So from afar, analyzing the New York Giants, Bart, they should have given Daniel Jones that contract. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. The Giants? Mm-hmm. For, for Daniel Jones this past offseason. They gave Daniel Jones the guy money. So then it gets hard. I don't know. They should have tagged him and let Saquon go, or I don't know. Figured out something else with Saquon. They should use because because if you're if you're giving, you have a guy. He's not a top eight guy. Not the guy. A guy. Yeah, he's top 
like Daniel Jones, he, he had a great comeback the other day. He's a guy. He's just not the guy. We mm-hmm. think. If you're so you're making the decision of we're going to pay this guy who's not the guy like the guy, or we're going to reset. And I don't think teams, I don't think you get into that point where you, the Giants are like, hey, we won nine whatever games last year. We're not, we're not just gonna, we're not just gonna let Daniel Jones walk. So then they they commit for the next four years, and it's you start to get in that cycle. That's why it was so great that the Packers have been in whatever they've been doing. Man, my friend is really blowing me up about how love is not good. I didn't say, but this is great. I didn't say he was bad. I said he was fine and needs to work his way up to good. What is, why can't we be there? I think we're at good. We're at good. Why do so many people, so many people have watched two weeks of Rogers or love thinking he needs to be Rogers. Mm -hmm. Why, why are we at this point? Why can't we look at a quarterback? Why can't we look at a quarterback and say, he led us to a win. He looked pretty good. Uh, Week two, he was playing well. Uh, missed the throw, missed this throw. You know, that drive was no good. Weird situation on the snap. Uh, but he's got six touchdowns, no picks. Mm-hmm. Instead, we're like, oh, Jordan Love, worst completion percentage in the league. Why Why are we doing that? Why are we trying to put pr- – like, just – we got a year with this guy. Let it be. There's also things like – and I know this happens for every team if you watch every snap of every game. But, like, that 45-yard pass interference play to open the game – that doesn't go on Jordan Love's stats, but that's a deep throw to your friend's point of like, oh, can he throw the deep ball? Well, I'm sorry that he didn't get to have a one-for-one one for 45 yards to start the game, but he still got the 45 yards, and it's because he can throw the deep ball and had the play design set up by Matt LaFleur. Um, I would say, like, I, I think the Giants, and this is what I'm trying to remind myself, like, I think the Giants made a mistake paying Daniel Jones. As a non-New York Giants fan, I would have said, Go back to the well. Try again. Joe, go try to find the guy rather than paying a guy like the guy. But then I'm, but then I, you know, isolate it to the Packers and I say, well, well, yeah, like, and I, you know, I think Jordan Love and Daniel Jones right now are probably, you know, on the same tier. Uh, is that feel? Yeah, but they're yeah, but they're very different quarterbacks. No, they're they're very different quarterbacks. But like, I, you know, it's not like I'd be. It's not like we're talking about the 10th best quarterback and the 25th best starting quarterback, right? Like they're in the same yeah. range given they're, you know, they're different, well, but, and, but, but then I wanted to say like, my answer was, but mm-hmm, pay him like the guy, but then that seems hypocritical because I don't think Daniel Jones should have. And so I, I don't know, Grant, mm-hmm, or we, but pay, I, uh, yeah, you're ready to, I, you're ready to anoint Jordan Love, the guy contractually taking up, you know, that percent of the salary cap, all of those things. Right now, like I, I, but we get the year, so we don't have to do it right now. Oh, absolutely, um, this kind of want to. I want to do this topic maybe like once a month as just like a check, yeah, like just a check in. Yeah. Well, the Daniel Jones comp is interesting because they had three years of evidence, right? And, and most of it would have told them that he's not the guy because he was addicted to throwing picks and and fumbling. And then the year where he was actually okay, he did like nothing. Like they didn't let him throw. They didn't. They didn't let him do anything. So the Packers aren't going to have the luxury of three years with Jordan Love, but they've had him in the building for three years, and that has to count for something, you know, how comfortable they are investing in a guy. You know, they they have had experiences personally and with him as a teammate, so I guess that factors in. But here's another thing, Paul, and maybe this is a cop-out answer. The best quarterback in the NFC is Jalen Hurts. Do mm-hmm. we? Okay. 
he hasn't looked amazing throwing the deep ball the first two weeks. That offense has looked clunky. Like the 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 competition in this conference to be a top quarterback is it's not a difficult one at all. Right. It's not tough. Um, so I I don't think we necessarily need to compare him to Mahomes and Allen and all those guys. A lot of those guys are in the AFC, where the the Packers and Tony from Texas brought this up on my show. I thought it was a great point. The AFC's got a lot of great quarterbacks. And the NFC has a handful of really good teams. Like mm-hmm. the Cowboys, the Niners, and the Eagles might be the three best rosters in football with fine quarterbacks. And then there's teams in the AFC who have supernova quarterbacks, but the teams, you know, leave a little bit to be desired. I think that's an interesting comparison from one co- uh, conference to another. Let's watch how this season plays out with Jordan Love. I think there's been so much good the first two weeks. I want to see what little improvements he makes, how teammates react to him, how coaches react to him. And, you know, if we get to the end of the year and they, they give him a contract, I think there's way worse options. And I don't think it's really comparable to, to Daniel Jones because we have a lot more evidence that he was not the guy. I texted you guys this on Monday night, but it's something Bart said a few minutes ago. I think Jordan Love has had a better two games than anything I saw from those four Monday night football quarterbacks. Derek Carr, really? Bryce Young. Help me out here. I just uh, Kenny Pickett. Pickett who's looked not good at all. And Deshaun Watson, who's, you know, not, yeah, not, not, he's never, does, it seems like he's never going to re-enter that. Mahomes or Watson? Who's the 1A? Who's the 1B? Like, that, he, it looks like, you know, you're He's, just, he's like, thankful that Russell Wilson exists. He is thrilled Russell Wilson and that contract exists in Denver. Because otherwise, and he's thrilled that for the most part, we don't give a damn about the Cleveland Browns. But like, you know, if you were to say all those contracts are the same, and you're starting a, you know, you're starting your franchise, you get Jordan Love, Derek Carr, Deshaun Watson, Sorry, totally. Bryce totally. Young. Sorry, Kenny Pickett. I, I take love totally, a hundred percent. I would take. I mean, I don't think it's not like I would, wouldn't have to. It's like, oh, it's obviously Jordan Love. It's not obviously Jordan Love, but if all those guys were like same contractually, and I, it's not a slam dunk that it's Love. But I think it's Jordan Love. It's I would take him over Pickett. Well, I mean, my my tweet that everybody wanted to jump on and use me for engagement. Um, Derek Carr is not good. And we're about to see that firsthand. He's thank you. They're two. My, my whole point of my the thing the other day was you came into the season, whatever, whatever. We're worried about Jordan Love. You take Jordan. We were not. We're, we're Jordan Love's. He's going to play. There's other things to worry about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. But that's not what you. Tw- but that's very different from what you actually. Well, yeah, because Grant, when I tweeted, I used Twitter just like every other godforsaken human on this fucking planet instead of punching a pillow like we used to do in the good old days to let out our emotions we put our words into the world and if you're reading my tweet that the packers are horrendous at 3 30 you're like yeah that sucked but if you're reading it the next day when you can be all like suit and tie about it and be like oh uh is this guy trying to be the next blue michaels is this guy trying to is he trying? Is he trying to just? Mm, I'm up here and thinking about this. And look at this tweet that he wrote. Of course, it looks dumb. Yeah, sure. the, the the Bart tweets have a shelf life, is what you're saying. I, I tweet in the moment, and just like these shows, I talk in the moment. We're talking in the moment. Mm-hmm. The, the, okay. These these sh- the, if you want to go back and listen to these shows, fine. But we are talking about things that are happening in the here and now, mm-hmm. live and local. And like you said, Grant, earlier, oh, you might look back and whatever, you know, it might not age well. We're not here to age well. Yeah, We're not here just, to age well. 
But that doesn't mean this conversation is dumb. You know, we're having it now. It might be dumb to do this in six weeks. But if a meteor is coming to Earth and you have six weeks, you have a conversation about what do we want to do with the rest of our lives? And then when it's two days later or two days before the meteor hits, then you like, is there any last chance for us to survive? You're not having the conversation, what do we want to do with the rest of our lives? But that was a fine conversation to have earlier. You're describing the plot of that movie. Don't look up. Good film. Good film. Depressing is all depressing as all hell, but Oh, cool. quite. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, here's our intermission. I like to ask Bart about mature and vase and other words, envelope. This week's intermission is one that I posted on Twitter years ago when I first heard it said a different way than how I would have said it. But it's, it was hard to communicate it on Twitter. So here's the verbal version. Let me, I'm going to go off the video so I can read it exactly the way that it was said. Okay. There's a group of people waiting for a buffet. Those people are in line or online or in the line or on the line. Well, they are the line. No, it, go with me here, though. You don't sit in traffic. You are traffic. Oh, that's, did you read that story in the Atlantic yesterday or wherever the fuck I saw that? I said that before. Uh, on the line, I've never heard of that. What, what the, how, why are you on the line? Larry how David. You on the line. You're in line. Larry David said you're online. Larry David was wrong about this. He was correct about getting seconds and not needing to wait in line to just grab some potatoes, but he's wrong about the verbiage of this. Have you have you thought this about Larry David? You seem you seem ready for this, Grant. Well, no, he said you're love. online, and and multiple times, like he was like this is, and he wasn't. It wasn't like one of his bits. He just that was how he thinks of it. He thinks you're of it in line. Like, you're on the line. You're online. You're not in the line or in line. You're on the line or you're online for the buffet or for the whatever. I'm in line for the buffet. Yeah, yeah, I'm in line. That, I mean, like, I'm questioning everything I trust about Larry David because how could someone say something so silly? Oh, I couldn't. Well, he advertised crypto by saying crypto will fail. So he really, he really, uh, he really did well on that one. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes. All right. I do want to have. I want to have a relevant. Bucks, Giannis, sorry, sorry, Grant. Yes, Damian Lillard, trade. That's fine. The reason, the reason I'm doing this, is because, I think there are some really 
well, there are a handful of really smart NBA people nationally. And the leader of that group, for me, is Zach Lowe. Zach Lowe is never, in my opinion, I've never seen him do clickbait. I've never felt that he's done something to grab a headline. That's just not his, that's not his deal. So my face is going to go away here for a second while I get exactly the way that Zach Lowe talked about this. Um, Zach Lowe, my gut, and this is him saying this in his podcast, the Low Post. My gut says if this season goes poorly, the Bucks will not bury their head in the sand and will trade Giannis. This wasn't a headline. This wasn't a clickbait. Like, I mean, I th- we all have these people, right? These people who we trust, who we put our our stock into. And for me, Zach Lowe is the leader of that group in the NBA. So I hear that. I'm like, whoa. Now, I mentioned Ty Windish earlier, who I messaged with a handful of times. And thank you, Ty, for, for doing that to help gut check this with me. Ty has said on several occasions that next offseason, because of the way this draft pick thing works, the Bucks will actually have three first-round picks that they can trade next year, next offseason. The question is whether or not, like, they can get there or not. So I'm going to kind of give you a two-parter, but I'm going to start with this one. Giannis's recent comments paired with the availability of Damian Lillard, paired with, like, you know, whether you want to take Zach Lowe as having a good prognostication for next offseason that, you know, the Bucks are not going to let, you know, like, Grant, we talked about like Corbin Burns. Do you just let him run his entire contract and then walk for nothing? Or do you trade? Like there's, again, Zach Lowe, which carries a lot of weight for me, is saying like they they will not just let him walk for nothing. They'll they'll recoup the value next offseason if this season goes poorly, which maybe it won't. Maybe they'll win a championship. But anyway, let's start with this question. The, the Bucks should go. There's, there's clearly a message being sent by Giannis, and the Bucks should go splashy, splashy to the best of their ability. And, of course, the front office knows more than we do. Is Giannis talking about Damian Lillard? I don't know. But let's say he is. You can do Drew Holiday, Marjan Beauchamp, and thank you again, Ty Windish. Uh, Marjan Beauchamp, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday would go to a third team. Essentially, you'd be giving up three first-round picks, One of two of those coming from Drew, Beauchamp, and then one of Bobby or Pat or Grayson, plus a whole bunch of seconds for Damian Lillard. That's the example I'm going to use, but like, if you were the front office, you think the Bucks should go with a big splash to, to appease Giannis and kind of change this narrative and clearly give Giannis the thing that he's trying to vocalize that he needs, that he wants. So let me start there, mm-hmm or mm-hmm, to go do that and, um, or at least aggressively, aggressively pursue that. Let me, uh, I don't know, people, Giannis had said this, I don't know if you guys heard this one. He said a lot of people say they're going to stay on a different uh, – a lot of people say they're going to stay on a team and decide to move to a different team. But you guys got to remember, a guy might want to stay on a team, but the team doesn't do the right things and the right move for the player to become great. He said that in 2017. Signed a contract. Well, uh, Oh, here it is. I want the Bucks to build a winning culture. So far, we've been doing that. If this lasts, there's no other place I want to be. But if we're underperforming in the NBA next year, deciding whether to sign becomes a lot more difficult. That was, oh, that was 2019. Giannis um, needs to stop talking about this. And the Bucks should just ignore it. 
Oh my gosh, I couldn't disagree more. The Bucks are clearly set up for a, a last run with this group. A very good group. They got a new head coach to try to fix the problems. And it's a group that has won a championship. They've been favorites to do the same thing the last two years, but there has been injury. I think what you guys aren't thinking about is... And this, I have all my eyes open the other day. They all opened the other day. I was, I was a panic, whatever. What do we do? Uh, I see what's going on. Giannis was in the last, he was in the home stretch before he became a real dad, a girl dad. <laughs> Giannis was having parent brain. There's a lot of stress going on. He's trying to think about his future. He's trying to think about his little baby girl. He's got all this stuff going on. He does a favor to a friend on a podcast. He talks. He gives him the clip. Giannis is not sending a message. If Giannis wanted Damian Lillard, he would call John Horst and say, get Damian Lillard. He pro- he's, he's not yeah. going through all these. He What he's telling the Bucs, if he's telling the Bucs anything, it's, hey, if this doesn't work this year, I'm not doing it another year. I don't think he's saying, go get Dame now. Damian Lillard, and I don't care if this doesn't hold up, Guy ain't going to be a buck. Let's cool it with that shit. He ain't going to be a buck. The Bucks are going to be fine. They're going to have the team that they have. They're going to win a lot of games, maybe the championship, because they're good enough to do that. Nobody in the – who in the East is going to compete with them? Well, if Dame goes to Miami, Dame goes to Miami. Fuck that. They ain't going to be good. <laughs> All the Bucks fans like to do is worry about the other teams. But if those teams were your teams, you'd say we suck. Dame is old. And he's very good, but he's old and and an injury risk, which has been so the is, problem. I'd rather have so Drew, Bobby, so all these Drew. guys so in fifty Drew. games of Dame. Exactly. You want you want, you want NBA's David Bakhtiari more like Damon Bakhtiari. He's going to play half the goddamn games for you. Grant Damon Bakhtiari. So we've talked about this. Um, first of all, mm-mm, on Dame. Because I think you'd be reshuffling the deck to get a star player, but you'd lose depth. And that star player, it's not like you're getting a star player in his prime who's a better injury bet. You're getting more of the same, except you're putting more of your eggs into that basket. You're losing a lot of that depth. Um, Giannis can say this all he wants, and he should say this. He should feel this way. I just don't want the narrative around the Bucks to run away and get out of whack. Because the Bucks have done everything in their power. I think they've spent all the money. They've gone further into the luxury tax since winning their title. The Chicago Cubs play in a much larger market. They have their own TV network. They won a world series and said, okay, we're, we're going to let these guys go. Now we're going to, we're going to let them walk or we're going to trade. They've them. done everything. Bucks could have done that after winning a title. First time in 50 years, it would have been easy for the Bucks ownership group. They're not from here to say they got their ring. We delivered on our promise. We've rebuilt the stadium. We've rebuilt the district. We're not now going to dump, millions and millions more into this team after we accomplished our goal by going to luxury tax, but they did. Right. And then last year they, they do everything possible. They scrounge up whatever they can to get Jake Crowder. Now they've hired Giannis's guy. The bucks have held up their end of the bargain and then some, and if you think they should have gone all into acquire a different superstar. Okay. I would tell you that that move wouldn't have given them better title odds than the odds they've had the last couple of years. There was an injury and then Drew didn't play well. Giannis didn't play well against the heat. Right. And that's a tough reality. Players 
have bad series. And I don't necessarily hold that against Giannis. I'm still a massive Giannis fan. But then don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining. Don't make this about the Bucks when I think the Bucks have done more than their end of the bargain. And they've done more than enough. So if Giannis leaves in two years at the end of this contract because the Bucks roster is old and they don't have any left, you know, moves left to make, I won't hold it against him. But let's not act like he hasn't had a great chance to win the last five years because he absolutely has. And a lot of credit to the Bucks for that. The problem is a couple things here that I point out. One is, so Drew Holiday is extension eligible in February. Is he retiring? Does he want an extension? Drew's not a buck next year. Okay. So then, so then if, if you believe that, whether through retirement or trade, or he actually makes it to free agency, which so few players do nowadays, if that's true, then that, that could be what Giannis is talking about. Now we're obviously making the leap that he's talking about Damian Lillard being available or whatever else, but the Drew Holiday situation is like the end of February and all of March will be very, very uncomfortable if the Bucks are not extending Drew Holiday. That'll be the canary in the coal mine, as they say. I feel like I'm hearing that expression everywhere now in sports media. That that will be. Yes, it is a very malleable term. Ah, yes. So that to me, that is. You know, again, the Bucks know far, far, far more about Drew Holiday's future than we all do, and whether that retirement comment once upon a time was real. Bart, the thing I'd push back against is when Giannis made that comment in 2017, he was 22. When he made that other comment, you read he was 24. Like, he is clearly looking at to say, okay, all of my best players that I play with now are older than me. And by the way, acquiring Damian Lillard obviously wouldn't trade that fact. Like, that wouldn't change the fact that the, you know, the Bucks really should have found a way to keep his brothers rostered for the last four seasons. They really could. Yeah. I mean, like, so I, I guess that, let me. Giannis is, he's, he, I don't know why he keeps doing this. Maybe he feels like he needs to play a role. I'm sorry, man. The, you cried wolf too many times. There ain't no fucking wolf on the street. Okay. So, okay. So you're, you're saying he's complaining about a, something that should not, there's not a complaint to be made, yet he's still making it. I don't yeah. I don't think there's a complaint to be made. Unless he's got an issue with Chris kind of lollygagging and, and coming back slowly last year and not really being in shape. If, if there's some issues. Yeah, if anything, I thought the message was to the other players, not to John Horst. John yeah. Horst, John Horst's job is not to win titles. It is to keep Giannis. That's well, it. Well, one is directly tied to the other. But, right. but that, that's yeah. the main job he has. And I think the Bucks have done it with, with Ted Thompson. This is different with Ted Thompson. And a lot of radio shows have brought this comparison with Ted Thompson. You look back directly and said, could have done this, could have done that, could have done this. Wouldn't have cost an arm and a leg. Wouldn't have been, you know, blowing his team to kingdom come and reinventing the roster. I can find nothing of the sort with John Horst. You could say could have sure could have done this, but I don't, I don't know that any of those could have should have would have given this team any better of a chance to win the title. Like Kendrick Perkins said it on ESPN the other day, like Jesus Christ, they were the one seed last year. Like the Bucks have done what they could do. In a series where Giannis didn't play 40% of it. Yeah. Yep. And when he did play, he had, I don't know. I Giannis's injury. You this can't last be the, you can't be not, the one to be the hurt one. You were the hurt one. And now you're saying everybody else needs to step up. That injury. Also, I'm not a see. I'm not afraid if Giannis leaves. If Giannis leaves, then good luck. We got we got a so, great run out of him. I'll survive. <coughs> Grant, you go, and then I'm gonna. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, if Giannis leaves, I I don't think it's gonna be the fault of anyone. I'm not gonna be angry at the Bucks for not. He might just want to leave. If you want to leave, because new. it doesn't make sense. 
so, so then no. here's the, so then here's the the part B to this. As Zach Lowe said, in his opinion, and again, I'm just going to keep restating it, it. It wasn't said as like, oh, look, you know, let's create a, an aggregated article out of this comment. Like, it was not intended as that at all, in my opinion. He thinks like if this season doesn't go well, which Zach Lowe defined as losing in the conference finals, basically just not making the NBA finals constituting a failure, that Giannis's noise that he's making now would only grow next offseason, and that yeah. the Bucks would not, as Zach Lowe said, bury their head in the sand and would instead trade him. So, like, I, 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 get, I don't even know if I have mm-hmm for that, but, like, what are your thoughts on, on that? I wouldn't trade him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't Giannis is him. not getting traded. I wouldn't trade him. And also, the, Angels, the Angels would have rather had Shohei Otani be injured and leave the team early and be fucked for the next four years than trade Shohei two months. The Milwaukee Bucks, it will never say traded Giannis Adetokounmpo. I don't know where Zach's getting this. I feel like as respected as these guys can be, anybody that doesn't follow the team day in and day out, their opinions are not, you don't have, you, you don't have enough. You just don't have enough. You don't have enough. You're not here. You don't know. You don't go to games. They don't go to games is what I meant. We let them off the hook. All right. Don't you have to leave? Yeah, I got I got like four or five minutes. This was a good one. This is a good app. This is chock full of analysis and takes. We wasted no time today. Yeah. Right into it. Light on um, the light on the humor. Light on the coughing, I think, was better. Yeah, yeah it was picked up at the end, but I muted myself. You did. Pronounce this word for me. T-O-U-R. Tour. Tour. There's a lot of tour. Stop making shit up. I'm not. <laughs> or I feel a like three-hour tour. A three-hour three tour. tour. I'm telling you, tour is, I think, more common nationally than tour, which is stupid. How about this one? A-L-M-O-N-D. Almond. Almond. Grant, what is your what is your script? I just said almond. Same as Armand. Almond. <laughs> like the uh, Almond Brothers. Andy Sandberg and Brooklyn Nine Nine would always say almond. Almond. But like not like not ironically or like in a silly way, just like that's how some. Yeah, you know, uh, sometimes people pronounce words differently. I don't, I don't know why it's always. It's a fascinating thing for me. I could analyze like word pronunciations. I could do a whole show on it. Let's do it. On Let's the do Life. a separate podcast on the Bart Winkler Network. And it's on the on the BWN, and it's just Paul talking to linguists. Like, yeah. Okay. Like um, how Grant has a fetish with ships. <laughs> Paul, you can talk to linguists, and I'll host it on the channel. Okay. So last one then. D A T A. Data. Data. Fuck. Data. 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 No. What's the real answer? Uh, do you have that data? Do you have that data? Data. I think I would say data. Data. I'm going with- I think I have probably said both. I'm going to go with data as the one I think I should say. What's the data you have on that? What's the data? I'd say data. Data. All right. This has been the Linguistic Hour on the Bart Winkler Network. This was a pleasure as always, gentlemen. Thank you. Not as pleasure as when you go to omahasteaks.com, type in Bart in the search bar. 50% off everything that they have and another $30 off with my code. Bart in the search bar at omahasteaks.com.
The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com